Well, good morning. I'm so glad everyone's here this morning, and what a great day to get that we get to uh, celebrate our seniors. Um, we're so proud of you guys. I just want to say that again um, for finishing out your high school careers, and man, we're, we're praying as you move forward that uh, you would walk in the steps of the Lord. Well, this morning, uh, with that in mind, with the idea that, hey, seniors, you're about to go out into the world, uh, this message is not just for you, it's for the whole church, but especially uh, for you. We're going to talk about the armor of God this morning. And we did just get out of a series on Ephesians uh, that Byron taught, and he taught over this. But um, when I was thinking, hey, what do I need to teach? What, what should we teach on? What's a good message for these students? And this was what came to mind, was the idea that we're headed out into a battle. Huntington is an awesome town and a great community, and your church is wonderful. But there are when you, as you go out into the world, you're going to be surrounded by new people with different ideas that are sometimes the wrong ideas about how to live your life and how the world goes. And so we need to clothe ourselves with the armor of God so that we can stand against the schemes of the devil. Well, before we get into that, um, the NBA playoffs are happening right now, for anyone who doesn't know. Um, I really enjoy watching uh, the NBA playoffs, but not just that, I enjoy watching the World Series, uh, football playoffs, because this is when it's crunch time, right? This is when all that preparation throughout the year, the months of regular season games, the studying film for hours, the keeping your body in shape, all of this stuff finally comes to a culmination because it's time to get that championship, right? And I'm always impressed when I see the height of a sport or the height of an achievement, right? Not just sports in plenty of other places. In music, too, in theater, I love seeing people who are the best of the best do what they do. I mean, the Super Bowl is one of the most popular events that happens in the world. I mean, based just on viewing numbers alone. And so we as a people also like to see the pinnacle of success, the pinnacle of someone being the best at what they do. Um, and when I see this, when I see something being done, the very best that it can be, it reminds me, or it, it, it's, it, to me, it's a picture of what we as Christians should approach the Christian life. It's a picture of how we should approach the Christian life. We should work our hardest and do our best so that we are ready in season and out of season for the battle that is ahead. And as we talk about the armor of God, I want to talk about how we can be clothed in and prepared for the battles that come. Because they're here, guys. They're here, they've been here, and they will continue to be here. Life is not going to get easier, and the world is not going to become more Christian unless we clothe ourselves and walk forward into the world ready to do battle. So if you'll turn your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 10, I mean chapter 6, verse 10 through 20, I'm going to read it, and then we're going to pray. It says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all power and supplication. 
To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you this morning for your word and for the truth of it. And God, we pray that as we, as we open our Bibles and as we read what you have said, God, I pray that we would, something new would be revealed to us or maybe something old that we've just forgotten. God, help us this morning to uh, pour over your word. God, help me to speak well so that uh, your word is heard. Uh, this time, church, I want you to just pray for yourself. Take a moment and pray for yourself that uh, you would hear what God is trying to speak to you this morning. And now if you'll take a second to just pray for the people next to you and pray that God would speak to them as well. And then lastly, I'll just ask that you'd pray for me, um, that I would speak uh, only what the Lord would have you here this morning. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Uh, so, Starting off in verse 10, we're told, it says this, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. The very first thing that Paul says here is that your strength comes from the Lord, right? Our strength is not something that we muster up in and of ourselves to defeat the schemes of the enemy. It's not something that we can plan for and, and do in our own power. It's something that we have to find from the strength of the Lord. Your strength comes from God. Paul starts off this final greeting, and he's encouraging the believer that your strength belongs to the, uh, comes from the Lord, okay? And Paul knows this because in the Old Testament, which he would know very well as a Pharisee himself in the past, Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Not just in Isaiah, but also in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. The reason I show you verse, both of these verses is this is not a new idea. Paul is drawing on knowledge that he knows from the Old Testament, which is an important part of what we're going to talk about here in a minute. But there's two different ways that Paul talks about this strength. It's a physical strength, but it's also a mental, a spiritual strength that comes from not leaning on your understanding, but leaning on the understanding of God, right? We don't lean on our understanding because in and of ourselves, we don't have the answers to the hard spiritual questions of life. Those answers come from the Lord, and Paul is showing us where to get them in Scripture, right? And when we come across the hard questions in the world and don't know the answers to the questions of life, God is the place to lean in and find those. God wants you to lean on his strength and not your own. And this requires a proper view of the strength of God. There's a couple things that I see through these two verses I just talked about that his strength is. First is that his strength is perfect. It is sufficient for every need. It is sufficient for every problem that we might run across in life. It's sufficient for when we don't know the answer to any of life's questions. Not only is it perfect, it's vast. So it's not just perfect in one moment, it's, it's perfect in all moments, for eternity, forever, infinitely. His, his strength is perfect. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. I know I'm going through a lot of scripture this morning, but it's for a purpose. And eleven twenty eight through 30 says this, 
Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When the burdens of life get too heavy, we need to remember and take a proper view of God's strength and remember that he's got it. Whatever it is in our life that we're going through, whether it's difficulties in our marriage, difficulties at school. I mean, we're about seniors. You're about to step into some of the hardest schooling you've ever done. It's tough. When, you sh- I, when I showed up at A&M and I walked into this biology class with 200 people in it, I was lost as a goose. I mean, you're going to have to lean on someone's strength other than your own. And the perfect strength to lean on is the Lord's. Leaning into strength of the world isn't going to work either. Leaning into a person, a relationship, an addiction, whatever it is, you can't lean into something that isn't Jesus. It's not going to have the perfect strength that you require to make it through this Christian life well. Jesus tells us in Matthew that his yoke is easy. His burden is light. He wants to take the hard things, and he wants you to live and walk in his ways. My strength in facing the trials of the world will only be as strong as my faith in God. When life is hard and when things are not going our way, we got to lean into the Lord. And we're only going to be as strong as we put our faith in the Lord. We can't say, God, I'll just, I'll put a little faith in you, but really I'm hedging my bets over here with this new job thing to work out. You know, no, we, can't, we can't do that. We have to say, no, God, my strength is fully on you. And no matter my circumstance in life, no matter my circumstance in my friendships and in my marriage, God, I'm going to lean into you. And guys, when we lean into God, he takes care of the other stuff. So let's talk about this armor that we have to put on, this armor that's going to give us this strength, this armor that doesn't come from us, it comes from the Father. Verse, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, it talks about putting on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So why put on the armor? Why put on these things? So that we can withstand the schemes of the enemy. So that we are not a pawn in the enemy's game. So that we put on the armor of God so that we can stand against him. This is a, not a quote of my own. I was uh, studying for this and trying to figure things out. I was like, okay, what is, what's good? What's applicable for students? And a guy named Ben Stewart that uh, was a pastor at, in College Station when I was in college, uh, he says this, that the pursuit of Jesus is done in the context of adversity. This means that if you're going to be a believer in Jesus Christ and you're going to claim Jesus as your Savior, it's going to be done in the context of of adversity. That means life is not going to be easy because you know Jesus. Life is going to get marginally more difficult because you're going to stand for Jesus is the truth. When you decide to follow Jesus, all of those evil spiritual forces that are talked about here in in verse 12 where it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. When when Paul talks about that, this is what's coming at you if you're going to claim Jesus. That's not easy. It's not fun to hear all these spiritual forces are coming against you. And sometimes, you know, when we think of the enemy and the devil and things like that, we probably imagine our mascot. Let's be honest. You know, we imagine the Huntington High School mascot. You know, in tights, silly looking with this pitchfork. That is not what the devil is. The devil is this unseen force. He's described in Scripture as the most beautiful angel, right, before he falls from the Lord, right? 
Sin's going to look good. Sin's going to look like something you want to do. But unless you're leaning into the Lord, and and unless you're leaning into the Lord, you're going to fall for it. As we live a Christian life, we're going to experience spiritual warfare. And in order to fight those spiritual forces, we need spiritual armor. Right? So we're going to talk about the armor today in two groups. We're going to talk about the armor that we stand in and then the armor that we take up. Here's what I mean. In verse 14 through 15, Ephesians chapter 6, it says this, Stand therefore, right? Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Gives us three pieces of armor. The first, the belt of truth, right? This belt holds all of your armor up and together. It keeps everything close and tight. Why do we fall to temptation, church? Because we let temptation slip under the truth, right? That's what happens. When when we get tempted and we fall to it and we fall back into that old habit of sin, it's because we've let temptation get under the truth. That's why it's talked about as a belt. Cinch it up tight. Keep it all together. Keep the truth as close to you as possible. Because when the truth is close, the lies don't get in. When the truth is close, the lies of the enemy can't get in and win. The second is the breastplate of righteousness, right? Righteousness means that you've been made right through God with Christ. Been made, sorry, been made right with God through Christ. Said the with and through backwards. Um, Think about it like this, okay? Our heart is in our chest, right? It's the center of the body. All of the blood in your, uh, in your body flows through the heart. And often when we talk about you know, accepting Jesus, and, and in a spiritual way, right, we say we've accepted Jesus into our heart, right? I think we say that probably because when we say, oh, we accept Jesus into our heart, he becomes the thing that our whole life runs through, like how the blood in your body runs through your heart. Jesus becomes what your entire life flows through. It should be. He should be the filter for everything in your world. It should be Jesus at the very center. And this breastplate of righteousness is something that's there to protect the center, to protect that security, that you might be secure in your relationship with God and know that you're forever protected from the lies. And here's the thing that's beautiful about both the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of peace is that it's not a righteousness of our own. It's a righteousness that comes from God. It's not a truth of our own, right? This is a truth that comes from God. And we can be clothed in it and we can stand in that truth and in that righteousness because God did it for us. Not because we did something, but because he came before and did it. And then the last one of these first three is the shoes of readiness. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Preach the word. Be ready not just in season, but also out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and extort with complete patience and teaching. Man, we have to always be equipped. The shoes of readiness in order to share the gospel of peace. We must always be equipped to share the good news with others. As Christians, that's our calling. Jesus leaves behind his disciples and he's ascending to heaven. He says, go therefore into all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is our calling. It is to always be ready to share what we know with others. And if we walk in peace, 
Others are going to want to follow. No one wants to follow someone who's combative and angry and mean. No, people want to follow something that's peaceful and safe. And if we have on the shoes of readiness and we're sharing that gospel of peace, people want to follow it. Ultimately, people will follow God. Sorry, let me get a drink of water. I'm thirsty here. With each of these three pieces of spiritual armor, it's, it's preceded by these two words, stand, therefore, to stand in them. These are qualities that it shouldn't be something that, hey, we just, oh, I need a little truth right now, let me grab that, or, oh, I, I need a little righteousness, let me throw that on. No, this is something that you have to stand in, always. It will always clothe you in every moment of every day. Be clothed in the truth, be clothed in righteousness, and be ready to share that gospel of peace. Each of these things is not our own, right? It's not our truth. It's not our righteousness. It's not our peace. It's God's truth. It's God's righteousness. It's God's peace. These are not things that we create in and of ourselves. They're things that God has provided that we simply stand in. He's made it easy for us. He said, I give you these things. Take them. Stand in them. And that word stand in the first, uh, those first three pieces is contrasted in the last three pieces with this word take. So let's read it. In verse 16, it says, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 16 starts out with, in all circumstances, we are to take up these things. This verb has an active, right? It's an active thing. Where stand is something, it's resting, it's passive. Whereas we're going to take up and we're going to go take these things and use them is an active tense. It doesn't say that, you know, this thing is not as important as the others. It's just a different way that we treat these different pieces of the armor of God. So what are these things that we're going to take up in all circumstances? The shield of faith. We have to believe that God is bigger. Our faith in God has to be bigger than the sin and the doubt and all the problems of life. Take up this shield. And as your faith increases, the shield increases. And when the little flaming darts of the enemy come, it catches them. And there's, it's not a problem because your faith is bigger than whatever the world's going to throw at you. Take up that shield of faith. It, it gives this image, right, of these flaming darts, Right? And so flaming arrows are not really meant to kill soldiers, right? Because a normal arrow will do the job just fine, okay? And flaming arrows are really sent in, right? They send them over the walls because they're trying to cause a distraction, right? They're shot behind the enemy lines. Maybe they land in a hay bale or on some oil, something flammable, and it lights up. And all of a sudden, the soldiers who are looking at the enemy in front of them have turned their backs, and they don't know what's actually happening in the enemy that's rushing forward. No, now you've got this problem in front of you and behind you, right? The enemy is using lies and schemes and these flaming arrows to take your eyes off of what God's truth is. You've got this shield of faith and, you know, you're trying to use it and withstand all the schemes of the devil, but... You're getting distracted by all these problems and you're forgetting about the enemy in front and before you know it, you've, you've lost all cognition of where you are and what you're even fighting against to begin with. We must daily and in all circumstances be reminded of our faith in God. This is the active part. Take it up. Use the shield. Don't leave it by your bed when you leave in the morning. 
Don't forget it at the door as you walk out. You gotta take this up every day. You gotta take this, this shield of faith to work with you. And as you're sitting there and the hard things come and maybe you're, uh, you're having problems with a coworker, whatever it is, you, you gotta stop and you gotta say, wait, my faith is in God. If my eyes are focused on him, everything else is going to be taken care of. Use your faith to extinguish the arrows of doubt and lies. The second piece it talks about is the helmet of salvation. And, you know, a helmet, right? It goes over our heads, right? And this helmet of salvation is to protect our mind, to be assured of our security in Christ. If you have confessed with your mouth and you've believed in your heart that you were saved, you have no worries. You are forever in his hand. John 10, 28 says, I gave them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. When you go out into the world, don't forget about your salvation. Don't forget whose you are, and you'll never forget who you are, right? Walk out of your house every morning remembering, I am a son, I am a daughter of the king, and today I take that with me. You've got to take this up. It is a conscious choice to every day. Remember, now that's not to say that your salvation is something that you can lose. You can't lose your salvation. That's why I read John 10, 28. They will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. You're not gonna lose your salvation, but you do need to remind yourself. You need to remind yourself of whose you are every day, just like taking up that faith. Pick it up, take it, and walk with it every single day. And the last of this heavenly armor, of this spiritual armor, is the sword of the Spirit. This is the only offensive weapon in the arsenal, and I think it's for a reason. It's something, just like these other two, active, take up this. It's something you got to take up every day. Now, you know, it would be great if you could read your Bible every single day. That would be awesome. Do that. It would be great if you could read it two times a day, three times a day, right? But even if you can't do that, you need to remember this every day. You need to memorize this. You need to hide it in your hearts, right? In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is tempted by the devil. Everyone, you'll remember this scene. Byron covered it in Luke a couple weeks ago as well. Um, Jesus is being tempted by the devil. And the devil comes and he's like, Jesus, I can see you're hungry. You know, tell these stones to become bread. And what what is Jesus' response? It's to quote scripture, right? He takes his offensive weapon, the sword of the spirit, and he responds, man shall not live on bread alone, but only on the word of God, right? And Jesus gives us the perfect example of how to wield the sword of the spirit. We got to tell the enemy, you're a liar. I know the truth because I know what this says. Uh, when I was in college, I, uh, it's like second semester of my freshman year. I took a fencing class, and if anyone's ever seen fencing, my name is Nigo Motoyo. You kill my father, prepared to die. Yes, yes. Uh, I took a fencing class because I love the Princess Bride, and I needed a PE credit. So I took fencing, and over the course of the semester, I thought I got pretty good at it. I had, you know, I, I won one of our class tournaments. There were like three different swords we used, and so we had a tournament for each, and I won one of them. And uh, if you won one of the class tournaments, you got the distinguished privilege of facing down the professor. Um, and he was, you know, this older guy. He was like 60 years old, gray hair, but he was wiry. Uh, he was strong. He rode his bike to school every day. Um, I mean, just looking at him, you know, this guy probably knows what he's doing with this fencing stuff. Um, so we would play first to three, right? The first to get three touches. And <laughs> guys, I got torched. <laughs> 
it was rough. <laughs> like, you know, I had done pretty good. I'd won this tournament, beat the other really good kids in the class. And then I get to this professor, and I couldn't touch him. Every single time I, I went with a move, he'd parry it. You know, he'd, he would block it, and he'd hit me back. And, you know, they had this little buzzer. It's hooked up to the electric thing, and it, it's just, I was getting destroyed, guys. It, was, it wasn't even a contest. And I think that was his point, right? It's the end of the class, you know. I'm going to show you how little you really have learned, student, (laughs) you know. Well, this gray-haired man with over 40 years of experience, I I had only a semester. It was obvious that he was going to come out on top because I'd already watched him torch my classmates too. So I, I, I tell you that story because mastering the sword is no easy task. Just like in fencing, mastering this is not something that we're going to be able to do in a lifetime. It's going to be so difficult, and it's not going to be easy. Some days you're not going to want to pick it up. Some days it's going to feel too heavy because of the sins of yesterday. Sometimes it's going to feel like a chore, and you're not going to want to jump in and use it. But to know how to use the sword of the Spirit requires us to take it up every day. It requires us to know it inside and out, to memorize it, to apply it, to understand it. And you know, fencing, I could not have gotten any good at fencing by doing it myself. Fence a wall. I wouldn't teach me anything. Learning the sword of the Spirit is something that happens in community. It happens here at church. It happens in your homes around the Bible with your children. It happens in your D groups. It happens in Bible studies, right? It's not something we can do alone. And it's not something we can neglect if we want to be good at it, right? This is my challenge to you as you continue out through life, students, is, hey, read your textbooks and learn them well. But this is the most important textbook you'll ever read, the textbook for life. These three spiritual pieces of armor are ones that we are required, like I said, to take up in all circumstances. It is not a passive thing. You have to choose to read your Bible. You're going to have to choose to remember your salvation and take it with you. And you're going to have to remember and choose to stand strong in your faith and to stop the lies of the enemy. And the last two verses, three verses, 18 through 20, these are what it says. Here, I'll just read it because it says... My page, the air conditioner blew it over. I was like, that is not what I'm talking about today. (laughs) It says 18 through 20, praying, right? Praying at all times in the Spirit and with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth and boldly proclaiming the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains that I may declare boldly as I ought to speak. All of this, these spiritual pieces of armor, all of this is glued together with prayer. It's what Paul says here at the end. He's like, and now, now that you have all that, pray. Lean into the Lord. It comes from him, and you need to be reminded of that. Pray and continue to ask him to help you clothe yourself in the armor of God. On your own, you cannot take up this spiritual armor. It comes only from the Father. Not only... Have we been equipped by God? He also sent his son to defeat sin and death and has now given us the Holy Spirit to walk with us in this battle. We're not on our own, guys. You don't have to go out into the world by yourself. Take up the armor of God. Spend time in prayer. Read the word. Be involved in community. In this way, we will put on the armor of God 
and stand firm against the schemes of the devil. So at this time, I want to I wanna do some prayer for the seniors. So seniors, if you would, uh, stand up where you are, um, and the, the band can come on. Uh, we're going to do... But we're going to pray for our seniors. Uh, normally we do our prayer time in the middle of the day, you know, in the middle of the service, but we're going to do it we're going to do it here at the end today so we can pray for our seniors and send them out. I've got uh, four prayer points for us. First, I want us to pray that they would put on the full armor of God. Second, to pray that they would seek and find godly community as they go out into the world. Four, third, that they pr- pray that they would allow God to guide their steps. And fourth, pray for God's hand of protection always. So seniors, uh, if you see a senior close by, put a hand on them. And we're going to pray for them for the next couple minutes and then we'll close I'll close this in prayer, Um, and so we're going to do that right now at this time. So if you'll gather around a senior that's nearby and put a hand on them and pray for them. Jesus, I just pray that you would... Jesus, we, we pray and we thank you for these students. God, we pray that as they go out into the world that you uh, would guide their path, that your word would be a lamp into their feet. And Father, that we as a church would not forget to pray for them, uh, would not forget uh, to think of them and pray that they would continue to take up the armor of God every day. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. In your name I pray, amen.